You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It, it, it's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network in Bohemia on Long Island. It was a gorgeous day here today. It is finally summer. Summer solstice was last week, but, you know, I don't don't care about summer solstice, winter solstice. I'm not in high school anymore learning about all that crap. That means absolutely nothing. (laughs) <laughs> this is a sports talk radio show, and I am Matty Caps along with my co-host and producer, Mr. Speedy Petey. Speedy Petey, what's going on, pal? Well, a little annoyed I couldn't go to the NHL draft, but I understand why. Errol uh, with uh, with Ashley Sarge, the tickets were $800, yeah. so <laughs> figured that was a little, a little better, but uh, stayed productive. I actually made some of the clips that I edit all the time. I made it into a little website, so. Did you? It was a little productive, yeah. Was it for this for this network? Or no, like... more for me. More like just a personal kind of thing. Oh, I wow. included some of the clips that I argued with you on or Tyler or anyone else, and then also the broadcasts I did of the Liberty Challenge last uh, last Friday. So interesting, interesting. I made it into a little personal website. Okay. All <laughs> so right. stayed productive. That's good. That's good. But your weekend went was well and everything? Yep. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. So... We have a lot of stuff to talk about today, obviously, from Thursday. I mean, I'm not really going to get into the NHL draft because I have a feeling the NBA draft from Thursday night is really going to take up the majority of our time here on third and long. And I'm sure Speedy could agree as well because we have a lot to say. I'm sure I'm going to ask for some grades. I'm going to ask for instant analysis on what he thought. But there's a lot of chatter going on around the NBA, especially with free agency that is taking off in six days. We're going to get into that as well because I have a lot to say about free agency. I have a lot to say about my friend, Mr. Vinny Rubo, who (laughs) who has firmly believed that Kevin Durant is coming to New York and playing for the Knicks. Well, I I don't know anymore. Um, There's so many different stories out there that I don't know what to what to actually believe? All we know is Vinny Rubo has already pre-ordered tickets for whenever the Pelicans come to MSG this year. Oh yeah, listen, you, you, <laughs> he's you, trying to get the front row seats. You can't talk about Vinny Rubo's <laughs> lover like that and Zion Williamson. And you want to know what's funny about that? July fifth, Pelicans, New York Knicks, first game of the summer league. How great is that? Vinny already already booked his flight to Vegas. Is is Vinny's already going to Vegas? Yeah, no. He he already booked his flight. Is he that committed? He actually asked me to go. I said no. I said said no to going to Vegas. But he he already booked his flight, so I'm not even going to talk with him about that. But, Speedy, let's get into it right now. The NBA draft, we knew who was going to go number one in Zion Williamson. There was nothing new there. We knew who was going to go number two in the NBA draft in John Moran, especially after the Grizzlies traded Mike Conley Jr. a few days leading up to the draft. And even though the Memphis Grizzlies has said as soon as they got the number two pick, we're taking John Morant. As soon as they got the number, number two pick within an hour, they said they're taking John Morant at the number two pick. But at the number three pick, 
Finally, finally, the New York Knicks did not mess up this pick at number three. And I am, I am utterly shocked. I'm shocked they didn't take that guy, Sidhu Kamba, or whoever oh, went up, that, that, that Ghanaian oh, or French God. guy. It oh, wouldn't have, my God. It wouldn't have surprised me to see the Knicks in Knicks fashion Actually, go after someone like that. If the that. Knicks took that... That probably would be worse than the Giants taking Daniel Jones. No, no, no. Nothing is worse than the <laughs> I don't New know. York Giants. If the Knicks did that, Daniel Jones. oh god. Speedy, there's nothing worse than the New York Giants taking Daniel Jones. But <sighs> you you look at the New York Knicks, okay? They had RJ Barrett sitting in their hands. They really could not mess this up. But again, they are the New York Knicks, okay? Despite a bad workout in New York and the New York Knicks weren't entirely sold on R.J. Barrett. They made the right decision in trusting everybody else, everybody else's view on mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett instead of their own and holding <laughs> on to the pick and selecting him, okay? You look at R.J. Barrett, one of the main concerns with R.J. Barrett was him, like, uh, trying to play hero ball, uh, forgetting the fact that he played with Zion Williamson. And, again, I don't blame R.J. Barrett at Duke for playing hero ball because he was the only one on that team who could go out and create a shot for himself. Well, decision making is perimeter. something that usually happens with young players, anyway. So if that's your main concern, now I also have concerns with turnovers too. But if that's your main concern, that's something that can be fixed with coaching. Well, yeah, but but again, I I, I don't blame him because you look at that Duke team last year. There was nobody else on the team on the perimeter that could create their own shot and or or get to the bucket. It was it was R.J. Barrett. It was R.J. Barrett on that team. Yeah, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson this. Zion Williamson that. Get the hell out of here. Well, Reddish could do that too, but Reddish can drive to the hoop like Barrett could. But, but he wasn't doing it on a consistent basis, my good friend Speedy. Yeah, but he has the range still to do it. Though, oh, yeah, so. he has the jump shooting Reddish ability. also didn't get as many touches either. Like, Barrett was a primary ball handler. Yeah, but that's the thing. And, right. and, and he's not even a point guard. He's 6'6", six 6'7". Six, six mm-hmm. He's not even a point guard. And... Coach K put the ball in his hands because he he knew the ability that R.J. Barrett has for that team. And now you want to look at the New York Knicks again with R.J. Barrett. I love the pick. What about you, Speedy? Do you love the pick and what they finally did? Yes, I do. They finally actually took a higher-end talent for once and didn't take a gamble on somebody. Yes, finally. Which never really happens being a New York Knicks fan. Mm -hmm. It it never works out that way. I was so happy to see James Dolan nowhere near um, (laughs) Brooklyn or anywhere near anything. He he let the people he hired do the jobs finally. and, And look what happened. We, we got the guy that we needed uh, going forward in R.J. Barrett. And now you look at it. Say they do strike out in free agency, okay? This is a big concern, though, for the New York Knicks. This team will be so young going forward. What do you think they would need to do if they strike out a free agency, Speedy? Because let's be real here. Kawhi Leonard is going nowhere near New York, Okay. The only person that would possibly go to New York is Kevin Durant, and he's not even going to play next season. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what do you think the Knicks would need to do if they strike out in this year's free agency? Well, I always say the wild card with Durant is going to be who else will want to wait that year out to play with him eventually. And if that's the case and the Knicks could pursue somebody else big to play with Durant, then I think they should keep doing it. Now, if they strike out again, I just, it, 
they strike out, and obviously it's going to look bad on them because they're a New York team, but at that point, you just got to just stick to the rebuild. I don't want them going and settling for second-tier and third-tier free agents like they have in the past. No. Just stick to the rebuild at that point. No, not the New York Knicks taking taking <laughs> second- and third-tier players and giving <sighs> them crappy contracts. No, not not the New York Knicks, Speedy. Are you talk, sure you're talking about the New York Knicks? I mean, Are they, you sure? they were the same team that signed Joakim Noah to $150 million. What, so, you, yeah. didn't, what you didn't like that deal? I love oh, that God. deal for Joakim Noah. <laughs> That was such a fantastic deal. I've actually never seen a better deal in NBA history than seeing that Joaquin Noah, $150 million. I mean, if you're judging the player, yeah, sure. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It is just comical at at, at this point about the New York Knicks. There's just so many things we could really – sit back and talk about within the New York Knicks. But I sit back and I, and I, I, hallelujah. I was so happy to see that they finally got the pick right at number three with RJ Barrett. And I'm sure you were, were you, were you here when, 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 Oh no, the show was canceled. No, the show was canceled because Tyler had to work late and Guido was sick. So he couldn't come out. Yes. I, I, I remember you texting me and then, uh, well, yeah, because you said you might show up, so I didn't want you to show up and have nobody there. Yeah, Ty- Tyler texted me beforehand. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, he he texted me beforehand, and then you texted me, and uh, I, I was going to come in, too. I was going to come in. I was going to give it to Tyler because Tyler's just a full-fledged, out-of-this-mind kind of guy. Yeah, but he liked R.J. Barrett, so he was Yeah, I mean, he better like R.J. Barrett. I mean, there's... there's <laughs> What is, what isn't there to like about R.J. Barrett? There's not really much. Really, the only things are just mental right now with him, I think. I think turnovers, and like you said, sometimes he will trust his range too much and shoot impulsively. That's fine, but that's something that's all mental that could be cleaned up. And then free throw shooting, skill set-wise, is really his only issue. Which is something that could easily be fixed from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Easily be fixed from the free throw line. <sighs> but you, you look at this NBA draft as a whole, Speedy, and in my opinion... There was a lot of winners and losers within the NBA draft, if you want me to be honest with you. I, I, I look at this NBA draft, and I, I, I want to look at the winners right now. And you, you look at the winners. The Pelicans, obviously, are winners because a few months ago, uh, questions were, were coming up as could they remain in New Orleans if Anthony Davis wanted out, which obviously he's been wanting out for the past year and a half. You think they would have moved the team? I'm just telling you that the, it was just stuff. It was okay. probably a I'm, I'm just saying I feel like there were other teams that probably would get moved before New Orleans. But so. then uh, May 14th happened, and they won the draft lottery and the right to selecting Zion Williamson. And David Griffin started making moves, including the Davis deal to the Lakers, which he mm-hmm. robbed the L.A. Lakers, so yep. good on his part. Yep. Um, and then here's another shocking one that I didn't expect to go there. Jackson Hayes. Okay, I like their other pick too. Uh, uh, yeah, Alexander uh, Walker, Nickel Alexander Walker. I think Walker. all we're three picks were that. very good. I, you know what? I don't. I think Jackson Hayes went a little bit too high, in my opinion. Here's the thing, though. I think he will still fit with what they like to do because, again, they still have obviously Zion there, and they still obviously now they have Nikhil Alexander Walker there. Jackson Hayes, I think, is a good passing big man, even though I think he's a project everywhere else that I think is still good for a modern NBA type. You're seeing a lot more big men. 
that can pass, obviously, point forwards, as they like to call them, larger wing players that can pass. And well, I think he's trying to fit that mold. You're right. I don't love him as in like a complete all-around player. I didn't player. expect him to go number eight, though. That, that, I, I, think that, he'll eventually, I think he'll eventually fit, though, what they like to do. Could they have used a shooter? Sure. I, I think they would have. I think they should have taken Reddish, but again, I don't hate the pick, though. No, I, I mean, you, you look at it, he's a rim protector. He's 6'10", six 6'11". Foot six foot he's athletic, okay? He's an athletic big man, and he does have a lot of upside of any center in this entire draft. Right. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt, but this guy is going to play significant minutes next year for the New Orleans Pelicans because, don't get me wrong, the Pelicans just optioned... Uh, they just uh, decided to option uh, Jaleel Okafor, his uh, team option, okay? Mm-hmm. So, And you can't trust Jaleel Okafor <laughs> whatsoever. So this guy, Jackson Hayes, this young 19-year-old, is going to see significant time at the center position for the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, it's a young team. They're going to stay young. So I, I don't mind it at all. And again, I think... When he, if he does grow into those other skills, I do think he'll be a very talented player because I think the passing big man is something that's very common now in today's NBA. Well, that, well that's the whole thing. I mean, I think it's going to be a few years till you really see Jackson Hayes' potential. Sure. Um, but again, I think he's going to step in and be very, very important there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you look at the other NBA draft and, and stuff like that, other NBA draft winners that I, that I like uh, too. Talk, still talking about the Pelicans, you gotta love Nikel Alexander mm-hmm. Walker. Um, he's a big time scorer. Yep. He could do almost anything at will, what, what, whatever you want him to do. Okay, he's a quality scorer. He's versatile. He's a he he's he's a team focused kind of guard that would do anything for the team to get them to win, get them to the next step. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that Nikel Alexander Walker pick right there at number seventeen for the New Orleans Pelicans. I give them an A in this draft. Okay, I give them an A right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like what they did. Another team that I like what they did that has been quietly not really spoken about the Atlanta Hawks. You mm-hmm. gotta like what the Atlanta Hawks did. They not only are the Hawks young and skilled with John Collins and Trey Young. What an inside out duo that is. Okay. Uh, leading the way, they picked up three more prospects on draft night, taking DeAndre Hunter, who is a two-way player, who is six foot seven, six foot eight, that could do a majority of things on both ends of the floor, and he, and they took Cam Reddish, another six foot eight, six foot nine, pure shooter, that could only help them get better. And then in the steal of the draft in the second round, I think. Bruno Fernando from Maryland is an absolute behemoth down low. He goes about six foot ten, six foot eleven. He goes about two seventy five. He's a big boy, and I think mm-hmm. he honestly he should have went in the first round, in my opinion. But he ended up falling in the second round to the Hawks. Okay. Now the question remains for the Hawks: they have to add an established or two free agent to the equation. It's gonna be hard for but, them to do. <laughs> but again, the Hawks have ensured. They are one of the teams to watch within the next decade. You see what they've done? You see with this young team? This young team within the next few years, if they all stick together and stay there, watch out for the Atlanta Hawks in the East. Do you think they should have taken, instead of Hunter, they should have taken Culver, though, at four? Because uh... I feel like he would actually fit a little better because he's a well another versatile player. He can shoot, he can pass, he can defend. I mean, he's a little raw at everything, but it's not 
you still experience enough and balance enough where you can work with that too. And I think he actually would fit them because I think he's a better offensive player than Hunter is. Um, wait, who who did you think Jared they, Culver? Should they have taken Culver? I, in my opinion, yeah. And but again, Minnesota got lucky because obviously with Andrew Wiggins declining that option, Jared Culver is going to slide right in there at small forward. Mm-hmm. And just be the guy that they expect yeah. him to be. But I liked Culver in, in in that number four position. I liked him in the five position to Cleveland. Cleveland could, could have used him too. And we're going right. to talk about the Cavaliers because I don't understand their pick with Darius Garland. What is he going to play with Colin Sexton? Like, get the hell out of here. They're both 6'2 or, or smaller. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. And then Jared Culver went six. I like what the Hawks did. I consider them a winner. If you want me to be honest with you, I consider them a big-time winner. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, and and, and I, I do give the Hawks an A- minus um, going forward because you still look at it. They still have Kevin Huter, uh, Kevin Huerter, whatever, from Maryland last mm-hmm. year, who, who took strides going forward. Dwayne Dedman um, has taken strides. So I really, really, really like what they did going forward. Now they reunited Huerta and uh, Fernando. Yeah, which, you know what? Who knows what could happen with that? That, that? that could be an interesting combo, too, going forward. I really like what they did there with that. Um, another team that I, I read a lot of people liked what they did. I don't, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm 50-50 with them, and to be honest with you, that's the Boston Celtics. 50-50? I, really? I mean, okay. I, I don't like them taking Romeo Lankford at 14. I don't like them taking Grant Williams at 22. Um, really? I yeah. thought you liked Grant Williams. I, I didn't like him to go that high. Okay. I'm just curious because I know you loved him in the uh, NCAA the, yeah, season. Yeah, okay. he's undersized. He's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, top, 6'5", uh, 6'6". Six, six, six. I mean, are they thinking he's going to be the next Al Horford? Maybe. Yeah, but, that's but, what I'm thinking. But he's a workaholic, which, you know what, is is okay. Um I just I, I I don't understand what uh, that the, uh, that pick over there with Romeo Langford and Aaron Baines. They they could have went in so many different ways that I, I I feel like there was much more options. And 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 another pick that I'm going to talk about, and he's from my North Carolina Tar Heels, Cameron Johnson, going number eleven to the Phoenix Suns, ladies and gentlemen. You thought that was too early. I went way 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 too early for a guy like him to go there. Um, I, I mean, look, the NBA draft is a crapshoot. Obviously, the first three, we, we, we knew what, what it was going to be unless the New York Knicks messed it up, which, <laughs> again, they are the New York Knicks, so it could have been highly, highly possible. Okay. Um, I'm also looking at the Celtics because they dealt the 24th pick and Aaron Baines to Phoenix to create more cap space, which will have the most immediate impact on the team. So, I mean, you look at it, Romeo Langford entered – his freshman year of college as the fifth best player in his high school class. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was disappointment. He was a disappointment at Indiana. Yeah, he was second half of the season. But he was bad. also playing with a big injury with within his shooting mm-hmm. hand, which is his thumb injury. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I I I don't. I just don't understand the Grant Williams. He. I think that's a reach at twenty two. He is skilled. He plays hard. He competes on both ends and and. I mean, I guess he does have some sufficient size and athleticism to be a possible rotational guy. But this pick is likely way too safe because Grant Williams lacks upside at number 22. He doesn't have the upside as some of the guys that went after him 
at, at 23, 24, 25. You, you look at the guys that went after him. Uh, Nasir Little couldn't mm-hmm. go there. That's a great da- pick. Da- Darius Baisley couldn't go there. You, you, I mean, Keldon Johnson fell into the San Antonio Spurs lap at number 29. And I think he's going to shine under Popovich. How much will he play, though? That's the question. That I think he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot that, under Popovich. It's still a team that has a lot of veterans on that team, plus the draft picks they had last year, too. So it'll be interesting to see how much he'll get. But again, he if he if he develops nicely, he'll probably fit that system very well, just of what he is. Even though he was kind of a streaky shooter at Kentucky, he still is a, was a decent defender and, uh, again, a good shooter for the NBA level. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. Let, let's talk about some more winners going forward. And this is another one that I, I'm a little shocked at, if you want me to be honest with you, and that's the Miami Heat. What did you think about the Mi- Miami Heat, Speedy, and, and, and their draft with Tyler Harrow at 13 and Casey Akpala at 32? I like Hero more than a lot of people. So I, even though a lot of people were saying that was a reach, I actually like the pick for Miami because I do think they need backcourt help big time. They need shooters. They've been a, a Hero team, is a shooter. And they've been a team that's so reliant on the defense and the passing for a while. And again, that's what I was saying a while. Eric Spolstra now actually coaching the team. That's been his system. But they need, they've needed shooters for quite a while. And I think I like the pick of Hero for them. I think he, he's a good shooter. He's got range. Yeah, he, his decision-making could be a little better when he shoots it, but I think the skill is there. I actually do like the pick. Uh, Azak Pala is an interesting prospect. I like him. It, it's interesting with what they'll fit, the fit is for Miami, but it, it's also not bad for the value that they got him at. And again, he's another player I think that Spolstra could work with too. I like Tyler Hero, and I, and I like Doug Pala. Um, Hero is a big-time shooter, as we've seen when he was at Kentucky. He's going to add athleticism and toughness to that backcourt. Um, and you look at Casey Akpala. If Casey Akpala stayed in school, he probably would have been a lottery pick next year mm-hmm. in next year's NBA uh, NBA draft. But either way, the Heat were able to add two talented players who will come cheap, and that was their biggest priority because they are so far over the salary cap that they have to score big, which they did in this draft, to improve. So I, I, I do give Pat Riley and Eric Spolster a lot of credit mm-hmm. for what they did in, uh, in this uh, NBA draft. Uh, another team that I like, we just talked about them, that I think had a very good and I think are one of the winners, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got Jared Culver, mm-hmm. and then they took uh, Jalen Noel from Washington, who yep. was uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year. One of the highest scorers in the entire nation, too. Yeah, one of the highest scorers. I mean... The Wolves did move Dario Saric to move up to number six. I mean, they obviously knew who they were getting right. at number six. Um, I like this move. Culver really could turn into a real star because he plays defense. Right. He, his ability to play defense, which is, which is unbelievable. And, and, and you look at Minnesota when they were picking at number 11, they would not have gotten him at 11. No. It, it, which is its original draft position. So it's swap picks with Phoenix, okay? And the de- and the Timberwolves desperately need defenders and some fresh faces after a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Culver's very balanced, too. It's always good to start with that. A player that I don't think he has any one glaring weakness. He's not, again, super strong at anything, but he's very versatile. He could pass, he could shoot, and like you said, he plays very good defense. Yeah, he, he does play very, very... 
Very, very good defense. Uh, uh, two more teams that I just want to – actually, my last team, because I'm not talking about the Knicks, because <laughs> I think they did very well as one of the winners. So I, I like the New York Knicks with what they did. San Antonio Spurs. They grabbed that Croatian. I mean, I don't know much about that Croatian. He's Luka, a good three-point shooter Samanich, from what which, I heard. Yeah, is, is the ability to stretch the four, and Greg Popovich and again, loves that. If, if you're going to trust anybody with international talent, it's, it's Greg, Popovich. Greg Popovich. There's no one else I would trust more than Greg Popovich mm-hmm. in that in – that, uh, situation uh, because they have a history of developing overseas players and he could Samanich could really turn into a mm-hmm. rotation player but then you look at Keldon Johnson and Quindari Weatherspoon who is going to add depth to this team and I like I forgot about Quindari Weatherspoon when yeah. he was drafted I didn't even know he actually oh, yeah. uh, jumped in the draft but I always liked him there he was a late bloomer State. he developed into a dependable score in his senior season and he will make the roster as a second round draft pick mm-hmm. he will be on the Spurs mm-hmm. as a second round draft pick um, now let's look at the losers of this year's NBA draft. First loser I could think of, and try to fight me on this. I'll I'll fight you, Speedy. The Orlando Magic. Why are you fighting me? I'm I'm t- I, I if you disagree with me. I'm no, sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to be the one to fight with you on that. Chuma Okeke was their pick. I mean, I like the story, but it is early. He's so. going to miss most of the season with right. an ACL tear. Yeah. Again, I again, I hope he does well after that injury. That was really not but, <laughs> good to watch but at he, all. He, it's he, scary. He could end up being a solid rotational player, but he wasn't projected to go in the top 20. Yeah, again, it was early. And I, the Orlando Magic took him at 16. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I've been very iffy with the way they've drafted lately. The Magic, it seems like they seem to... They take a lot of guys that were outstanding in college, but they never seem to address what they actually need, and they always seem to gamble a lot, too. And this is a big gamble off that kind of injury that was very scary for a player of uh, his size and his skill set. Again, I like the story. I hope he succeeds, but again, it's going to be very hard for him, too, just because of that injury. I I just think it's way too high for someone coming off an ACL tear. It's just I wouldn't even expect him, even if he was healthy, to go in the top 20. And they took him at 16. I think that's a very, very big reach. Mm-hmm. And here's another one. The Phoenix Suns. What on God's name are they doing? See, again, you 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 think Johnson was too high at this pick? Now, where yes. did you project him initially? Like a mid-first round? or Cameron Johnson? Late first round? Late first round. Okay, because I don't, I don't actually think he'll be a decent player, though, because he is a decent mid-range shooter, and he's got the size, I think, to be able to well, develop in the, well, the, with the three. What the Suns? Who? Johnson? Cameron Johnson is the best shooter in this draft class. Right. So I think I think his NBA range will come. I think I think his NBA range is better than anybody in this draft okay. class. The NBA range is, is not the problem. It's just that he's 23 years old. He's he is six foot nine, so he's going to stretch. He doesn't play any defense whatsoever. But they could have took a more impactful player at 11. Okay. And if they had decided well, yeah. on Johnson, they could have traded down further. To grab the sure, North Carolina fair. forward in the 20s. That's fair. I will give you that. And I also think they, from the, what I, I keep heard. Keep in mind, the Suns have a bunch of forwards and swingmen. So it's curious as to why they would pass on a much-needed right. point no, guard. No, I think they were also trying to trade down from a lot of the things I saw on Twitter. They were trying to trade down with other teams, but I, I guess they couldn't find a partner for that. And again, with a lot of the picks that were being made, it seemed like a lot of picks after that were, besides the when we just bashed in Okiki, were kind of conventional at that point. Yeah, they probably could have gone in the direction of trade back, but I actually do think he'll succeed in the NBA, though. It, it, listen, it's going to be something to keep our eyes on. That, that That is for sure. And here's another team, ladies and gentlemen, that I, I really think did not do well, the L.A. Lakers. 
They traded well, so, again, they were kind of yeah, but they, they invested in Davis. They, already. they traded much so much do? to the Pelicans for Davis. They right. need to fill their roster with prospects who come cheap, and instead they took one player who didn't have that good of a season at Iowa State in Talon Horton Tucker. Yeah, he was a guy I didn't really like at all. I thought he should have stayed in school. And don't get me wrong, he could turn into a quality player, but one and dones right. taken in the second round are usually right. G League material. Agreed. He should have stayed so, in school. The Lakers needed was an experienced college players who could come in and contribute right, right. away with LeBron James and mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Instead, they are pretty much relegated to using free agency to fill their roster with minimum salary players. The Lakers are still in a bit bit of trouble. Right. That is for sure. And the last team, ladies and gentlemen, before we go to our break, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, Last year, they took, I don't know, Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now this year, you're going to take Darius Garland? Mm-hmm. They both play the same position. So I'm curious what new coach John Beeline envisions with Sexton and Garland. Does he see them as the next Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum type of backcourt? You would have to hope. <laughs> but then what happens with Kevin Porter Jr., who they took with the last pick <laughs> in the first round? Oh, did you did you hear uh home stretch the uh on Wednesday? Tyler and I were actually joking about that. Because Guido last year, like I did for the Knicks, wanted Michael Porter Jr. for the Cavs. And we were saying, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we took him in this draft? Now, Tyler said Kevin Porter. We had the wrong brother. His brother's Jonte Porter, who went undrafted. But they took Kevin Porter Jr. anyway, which was really funny (laughs) just for that reason. It's it's crazy to me. I, if that's what he envisions, then he better hope it pans out. Otherwise, this is going to come down. Yeah, because again, Garland is also a risk with the injury too. Because again, you really have to nail that kind of thing for it to happen. And Garland with the injury, with the inexperience, you don't know how much he's going to be able to do that. Now, again, for there's one thing I do like about it. It's the fact that there are two very different types of players. Sexton's more the attacking type, defensive type point guard, whereas Garland can shoot and. He's more of that type where he probably is more fit for a shooting guard. But, again, you do wonder how that injury is going to play into account. That's why, again, if I were them, I probably would have taken Culver as well. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little interesting if you, if you want to ask me uh, about that pick with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I just don't understand it. Really, I, I, I don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me why they would do such a thing like that. Do, do you understand Speedy? Like, do you think? No, that's... I think they should have taken Culver. I think Culver would have made a lot more sense for them because I think they need a guy that's a little more well-rounded than that. And again, the Cavs are another team that's very young, so they're going to try to build the way he is. And the way Beeline's players were at Michigan, a lot of them were well-rounded. So I think Culver would have been a nice fit for him if there's he's trying to adopt a similar system. I don't really get it with Garland. It's a major gamble with that injury. And then my last one before we go to break. It's not a team, it's a player. Bol Bol from Oregon. Whether it was his injury history or his lack of fire on the court, he fell out of the first round and was selected 44th by the Heat, who then immediately traded him to the Nuggets, which, if you want me to be honest with you, I think he's going to thrive with the Denver Nuggets. Playing behind Nikola Jokic, the Joker, I think he's going to be very successful in Denver. Just my opinion. I could be wrong. This could be a blessing in disguise for him that he fell so far and going to a team like the Denver Nuggets, who is 
that front court is very good to begin with, and right. now they're going to add Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. back into the fray, and now you're going to get Bo Bowl who could come in and take minutes from Nikola Jokic and give him more of a breather because he did tire towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. So this is only a good thing for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> you played, what, 70-something minutes in yeah, that I, quadruple but, overtime game? But, but but this is what I'm saying. Like, he need he needs more, more of a breather. So I think this is going to be very, very good. Yeah, again, I think the reason he fell was the fact that that kind of injury for somebody his size and, like, he's very lanky as well is definitely concerning. But I think the situation he went to with the Nuggets, they can afford to wait on him. Him and wait out his entire injury oh, absolutely. like they did with Porter last year. Again, I thought Porter would come back towards the end of the season, but the way they were playing, they didn't want to mess with what was going on, and obviously they were a two-seed in the West. So they are going to probably do the same thing with Bull, let wait out the whole season. Again, they can afford to do that because they're a team that has very good depth and, like you said, a very good front court where they don't have to do that. So he's going to be that draft and stash type. They're going to wait his injury out, and if he earns a spot and the future he'll play. Yep, I, and I think he will earn a spot. And again, I think it's a great situation for him to go in, where they don't need him to be this immediate con- contributor. They can have; they're one of the teams that can w- afford to wait out the injury and get the results later because that team plays defense and bull bull. That's what he's known for. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a quick break, and when we do come back from break, NBA free agency free agency talk here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at Third and Long on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen... It is time we still stay with the NBA as free agency looms. Sunday at 6 p.m. it starts. And there's a lot of rumors going around every which way from free agents, who's going where, what's going to happen with this. And let's have a breakdown of, uh, let's talk about some of the free agents that could, you know, go different places. The first one we're going to talk about, Kawhi Leonard. And Speedy, I'm going to have you take this one first. Kawhi Leonard, where do you think he ends up? I still think the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to take it still. I know a lot of people are saying Toronto is the favorite, but I feel like he probably would have opted in already if he was that confident. I still think he's indecisive, but I think eventually his heart will tell him to go to L.A. where he's always wanted. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you. I, I, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to – he has his heart set on L.A., uh, to be a Clipper, and I say this one because of family, but two, there there was photos of him in Home Depot grabbing huge big boxes and 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 all that stuff going forward. Um, so you look at Kawhi Leonard now; I think he is going to be a Clipper. But again, like you said, Kawhi Leonard re-signing with the Toronto Raptors is picking up steam. I don't know how how much I believe of that. But you you do have to believe it to a point, okay? That he would be back in uh, Toronto. I think it's between those two teams. Right. Wouldn't you say it's mm-hmm. between those two yep. teams, and uh, and 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 all that talk on where he ends up? So again, Kawhi Leonard, biggest free agent, I I think is going to be on one of those two teams, obviously. So it's something we're going to keep an eye on going forward. But he just won an NBA championship, so. 
we'll wait and see. Speed, I see you smiling, so I guess we have a caller. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, you know who it is. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa. Of course. What's going on, pal? Glad to see you're not being fake news today. Good for you, Maddie. Anytime I, um, could, I, I cannot be fake news, I'm happy. Yo, you don't think there's a chance Kawhi Leonard is going to just take, like, a one- or two-year deal and stay in Toronto until, like, the free agency thing kind of clears up? Just because, I mean, look, the you know, with Durant getting hurt, he'll probably opt into his contract and do free agency next year. No, no, no. Maybe. And I'm going to – I have no. a lot to say about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's very upset with the Golden State Warriors right now. I mean, he could be, but if you're if you're going to be sitting out a year anyways, why not just take the $30 million and wait till you know, because he, he's going to get a max contract regardless. Wherever there, he right? goes, right. yeah, yeah, but he, Which could is get, 40. he could still get more if he if he opts out right now. Right. A max contract would, now is why, 40. Why, why, would, why would he stay in it? All the teams in the situation are going to give him the money. Because either a team like the Knicks or the Nets are, are far behind where they're going to still do it. And like I said, if, they, if the Clippers or... Any team like that has He's a not shot. Going to the Clippers. I again, I think they're still pursuing Kawhi, but like a team like that has leverage because they're probably going to get Kawhi. So unless but they he don't can extend himself another year on that contract, right, and then and then still, I don't know what, well, what, what's but, the max he get four more years or five more years. He could get five years, two hundred and twenty-one million. But this would be the time because. If he doesn't play at all next year, he's not going to get first, second, third team, all NBA or whatever that dumb rule is that they have that with the money parity and all that right. nonsense. Right. Um, right, but would that would that count for him? I I think so. Actually, I I'm not actually don't I'm quote me sure. on that. I'm not sure of that because I think if you're out injured, it doesn't count towards it. Right, but it's also the same situation with like Clay Thompson, right? So like, if you're Kawhi, why wouldn't you just sign like another year deal to see what happens in Toronto? Just because you know the rest of the picture is so unclear. Because maybe you could team up with Clay Thompson in L.A. with the Clippers or something like that. And, and listen, you, know? you, you you bring up some good points, and and you're not wrong with with thinking about that and possibly doing that. But I I firmly firmly believe with Kawhi Leonard right now. I I think he wants to be go back home. Plus, I think if Toronto were to re-sign him, I think it would have to be for the full thing. I don't think Kawhi's going to take a one-year deal just to stay there again. He did what he needed to do there. If they lost Ripley, the NBA Finals, maybe, the but they, the, they, they won. They do the one-plus-one all the time. LeBron's done it. Kevin Durant did it. People do that deal all the time. Well, I think Durant, though, was in a cer- different circumstance because I think he liked it at the time playing with Golden State. Now, like Matt was saying earlier, I think it's a little more fishy. LeBron was doing it because, again, the Cavs kept losing and they kept trying to do it. Then eventually they won. So I think it's a different circumstance. Kawhi's already won in Toronto, and I think if he likes it that much there, he would have already accepted the initial offer that he just rejected, I think, two days ago. So I think it would have happened already if he liked it that much. I don't think he has his mindset on L.A. yet, but I think the indecisiveness doesn't really help Toronto. I'm I'm just speaking from just a... Forget wanting to go home. Just from a purely basketball standpoint, right? Toronto has to be one of the, like if Toronto can bring back all their pieces. Toronto has to be the favorite, if not second, to maybe Houston to win another NBA championship. That that wouldn't be the basketball scenario for him, right? But NBA players, we've, NBA players, we've seen this all the time. They don't don't just judge it on basketball scenarios. Now, now Durant did when he went to Golden State. That was obviously he was on a quest to win a title. But 
again, LeBron last year, did he go to the Lakers for basketball purposes? No, he went to the LA for marketing purposes and his wife's yeah, clothing line and all that. At the end of his career that has a bunch of rings already. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, like, but Durant now has two rings as well. So he's not chasing titles anymore like he was when he initially went to Golden State. So I don't know if he's going to be able uh, to do that. And same with Kawhi. He's not chasing rings either. He has two. And again, he, he got one for Toronto. That's what that's why he was traded there. He got he got it. Now, if they lost this year, again, that's a different story. I think maybe he does think about that one two-year deal. I think at this point, if the, the Raptors are going to re-sign him, they're going to have to do the same max contract as everybody else. I mean, I just look at it as such a muddy situation with what the Clippers or Lakers are, are doing that going home this year doesn't seem like as good of a deal as just staying in Toronto and playing good basketball for a year again. Again, it just depends on what he cares about, though. If he really cared about basketball being the first priority, yeah. If he really cared about other things, that kind of shades Toronto out of it more. But again, NBA players are very strange where all those other factors come into play more than any other free agency, I think. And he's stranger than most. He's a strange dude. Is Kawhi Leonard maybe the strangest basketball player you've ever seen? Uh, it's not. He just doesn't like the spotlight. Kawhi Leonard likes to stay out of the spotlight. He doesn't like all that. Like when they stand up and gave him a standing ovation in Toronto and started chanting "Come back" or "One more year" or whatever it was. He doesn't like that. He he's a very he's a loner. He really is a loner. He likes his inner circle, his family, and stuff. But a- after that, he doesn't like any of that nonsense. He likes to be by himself. He is a very, very weird and strange dude, though. I will give you that. Absolutely. He's very weird. Very, very, very weird. He makes Speedy look normal. And that's, <laughs> and that's tough to do. You know what I'm saying? Hard to do. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. But, Jeff, we, we just talked about Kawhi Leonard. Let, let's talk about some other free agents that are standing out there. Obviously, Anthony Davis is going to the LA Lakers. We knew that was going because that was a foregone conclusion because that's where Anthony Davis wanted to be and the only place he would re-sign for an X amount or he wanted to stay long-term was either there or the New York Knicks. And let's be real, the New York Knicks wasn't an actual option, I feel like. I feel like it was a smokescreen. But um, you look at the other free agents, okay? Other big-time free agents going forward. Let's talk about a guy that hasn't really been talked about at all. And Kemba Walker, what do you think about a guy like Kemba Walker? Before I get into Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and all that nonsense, I haven't really spoke about Kemba Walker. He's kind of been the unsung guy in this free agent class. He puts up numbers year after year. And, yeah, he plays in Charlotte, which I get it and whatnot. But you look at Kemba Walker, I think wherever he goes, because let's be real here, I think it's going to be a playoff team, regardless of him saying that he wants to stay in Charlotte and whatnot, I think he's going to go to a playoff team, and I I think he could really do some damage for a team. What do you think? I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to stay in Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the most average team in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, why would you want to stay there? Who's, you know, it's it's an all right place, I guess, but it's just one of those things. Is anyone clamoring to be like, man, I got to go to Charlotte and play with Kemba Walker? If Kemba Walker wants to win, his best shot at doing that is going somewhere else. So I I don't see him sticking around in Charlotte. No. No, I I, I don't see him staying there either. But, again, where where do you think he ends up, or where do you think he goes? It could be one of a million places, you know? 
I mean, the Celtics need a point guard. I hate to say the Celtics because you're like, oh, you're a Boston dude, right? But the Celtics need a point guard. No, they're, 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 not there. They're, they're giving Terry Rozier the keys to the to the car. Maybe if Terry Rozier wants to stay, but that's not right. a, that's not a mm-hmm. done deal you're either. Right. Because if if Boston were to renounce its rights to Rozier and and Marcus Morris and a couple other guys, like Daniel Tice being one of them. Boston would have room for another max slot player. Right, so and we, we've already seen. Like right, and we've also already seen Rozier get frustrated at the Celtics front office too. So he might want to leave anyway. And if that's right. the case, that opens the door big time for for Kemba. Right. So I mean, that could be a place. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of places that could use, you know, a point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I I think other people are waiting to see where the big free agents go, so then they can plug in their pieces. So, so do you think it'll be a played. domino effect? Like, soon as Kawhi or some or a big time free agent Kevin Durant, once they sign, you think it's going to be a, a domino effect? Like people sign with him? It, it is every year. If you go back to when Durant was a free agent last time, and, in two thousand fifteen, with mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah, he was a free agent with Gordon Hayward. Everyone waited on Durant. Then everyone turned their attention to Gordon Hayward. And then, you know, he had to make his decision. And, you know, every year it's a domino effect. You know, for, for like, the bigger names like that, like a Kemba Walker or a D'Angelo Russell or, or, or guys that are more coveted, yeah, there's – it's yeah, it's the domino effect for sure. For, for the lesser guys, no, they don't need to wait or whatever. But, I mean – you know, if teams have max slots and have max money, like like teams like the Clippers, they're trying to fill those max slots before they fill in the ancillary pieces. Well, Kembo's a, a three-year-in-a-row all-star. He'll probably get one, too, though, I would imagine, a max. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I I, I think he's going to want a max where, wherever right. he decides to go. Mm-hmm. So that is a... Uh... Right, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. you got you know, you got to look at the teams that have max money and then and have those slots and then have a need at that position. You know, a lot of the teams that have max money are filled up at that position, mm-hmm. you know? But I think if Kemba is going to go somewhere, and I hate myself for saying this, it would probably be the Knicks. I don't see him going to the Knicks. I think it would be I think it would be the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to maneuver something. But Lakers don't have, don't have the room to, to sign a max player and fill out their roster. Well, well, that's the whole thing. That, that is something we're going to keep an eye on. I feel like the Lakers are going right, to try to Right, that's why finagle. I think it would work for the Knicks to sign Kemba Walker to a max deal, get Just their max player. Stop putting that stuff. Be, stop putting that into the universe, please. Cause the, right, but then it would be easy. Well, I'm not Vinny Rubo. Trust me, this true. would happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't want and it to then, happen is what I'm saying. Well, no, but... I, why not? Kemba Walker is a fine player, number one, and then number two, it would you know make it easy. It would free up the Knicks to you know trade Dennis Smith Jr. and get something for him. I mean, it is possible. It is possible. I I I don't think he wants to play in New York. If you want me to be honest with you, he wrecked the Garden when he was in college. And uh, I get it. College, you don't got to tell you know, me. I I know. I watched him make what's his face fall from Pittsburgh and hit the game winning shot. Uh, right. as, so, as like I mean, an eight seed, I, I I get it. I really it's do. It's a place that he has good history, a building that he feels good about. You know, I mean, he played his college ball right up the road at UConn, which isn't far away. I can see him wanting to go to the Knicks. Mm. I know that that's not the max player that you guys have all dreamed of. I, I realize that that's Kevin Durant. But what would be wrong with getting also pairing him with with a guy like Kemba? I think. Kemba's well, yeah, if that's player. an incentive for them to get Kevin Durant too. 
that would be the case. Now, all we've heard is that Kevin Durant wants to play with Kyrie Irving, but again, Kyrie Irving prefers Brooklyn, apparently, so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, and if that's the case, and again, the wild card will probably be Kemba. If Kemba would want to wait that one year and wait for Durant, then maybe that would be the case, too, but again, I'm, it's tough to tell. I think, again, the wild card will be everyone else surrounding Durant, because now will people want to play with Durant, and will Durant want to, or will the Knicks want to pursue Durant with the injury is the other question, because I don't think Durant's going to go on his own. Well, that's the thing. Now, now, now we could switch gears to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and Jeff, you were, you were happy to see Kyrie Irving get out of Boston, Okay. I will drive him to any city he wants to go to personally. <laughs> so you were happy to see him leave Boston. What do you think? Where do you think they end up? Because now there's a lot of talk that the Brooklyn Nets are now front runners for both of them, leaving the Knicks out in the cold for Kevin Durant because that's the main guy that they want. Okay. But where do you think they end up and whatnot? Because, like I said, Brooklyn Nets, Vegas has him favored. Vegas has him. Uh, has them both favored going to Brooklyn. So where do you think these two end up? I mean, the last thing that I'm going to do ever is try to crawl inside the mind of Kyrie Irving and predict anything. He's, he's, an- do he's another him. weird dude. Most indecisive athlete in any sport. He's another weird dude. <laughs> right. I mean, we're all, I, we're all hearing the same things that Speedy just said, right? That he prefers Brooklyn over New York or whatever, right? Like, who knows if that's true, right? Right. Who knows if that's true? Because would you would you put it past him taking a little less money for on a one year deal to go and reunite with LeBron with the Lakers? Would you put it past him to do that? No, I wouldn't. And a hundred percent, I don't. I don't see that happening. But again, at this rate, who knows? <laughs> right, but there's also something to the whole Tim and LeBron making up kind of thing, right? That was uh, the hot rumor halfway through the year: is oh my god, they've made up, they're going to reunite at the end of the year, right? So, I mean, there's been so many rumors with Kyrie. I would agree that I think Brooklyn is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now to get him. But, I mean, I'm not predicting anything that crackpot is going to do. Well, yeah, it's also he's also been linked with Durant. He's also been linked uh, with Jimmy Butler at times, too. He's also probably going to be a free agent. So we don't know what is going to end up happening. So Kyrie being that indecisive is going to be – an interesting thing. Now, he's also said he prefers the East over the West, which, again, that could mean something. And I do think the Lakers are going to try to make it happen. It's just a matter of that, if that's going to be Kyrie's priority, because I know LeBron's going to want it. question is with Kyrie. Well, I'm going to tell you, like I said, when I first found out that Kyrie Irving called LeBron James to bury the hatchet and really talk to him, I said the next day on this show, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kyrie Irving go to L.A. and team up with LeBron James, and I still stick by that. It would not surprise me to see that happen, okay? Right, but that's what I'm saying, right? So I'm not going to predict anything for him. Dude, he could go, you know, he could have wanted to make up, make up with LeBron and then end up with the Clippers just to spite him, because that's the kind of dude he is. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that would be the worst move for his career, but it would be funny. It would I be mean, funny. I would it, though? They, they're another team that has max money that he might want to go out to L.A., and if – if the Clippers are going to land a Kawhi or going to land a Clay Thompson, would that really be the worst decision you could make? Mm-hmm. Well, again, you would have to see who else goes there. So it would be something to keep our eyes on. But Kevin right, Durant. But if, these guys, but if these guys opt into their deals, if Clay signs a one-year deal and then Durant opts into his, all of a sudden next year becomes uh, another big free agent class. Oh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And to be honest with you, 
if the Knicks strike out on everything, next year's free agent class could still be very good for the New York Knicks going forward. You, you put the keys with R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox and let them grow a year going forward. You know what I'm saying? Let them learn. I know you're throwing them into the lion's den, and I'm a big advocate against throwing guys into the lion's den. I like them to learn the game a little bit first. But if you got to throw them in, you got to throw them in. Let them learn from their mistakes. Throw them in. Let them get a year under their belt before you go get free agents. And then you could build around those guys, around the talent. Let them be older. Keep in mind, Kevin Knox was the youngest player to ever play in the NBA. Youngest player to ever play. I get all of that, but let's be honest here, Matt. I realize you're putting lipstick on a pig with this whole thing, but if you're truly being honest about this thing, the trade for Chris Stapps, trading away Chris Stapps and doing what they've done was all setting themselves up for this free agency period. Agreed. And if they come up, if they come up with away with nothing out of this free agency period, be honest. That's a loss for them. Uh, that's a huge loss. Uh, for them. Agreed, one hundred percent. It would be an it would be a huge, 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 huge loss. For the New York Knicks, if they get if they don't get Kevin Durant, like I and I've always said this before, this whole free agency was for primed for Kevin Durant for, from the New York Knicks standpoint. They wanted Kevin Durant. It was all about Kevin Durant. If the New York Knicks don't get a Kevin Durant or a Kawhi Leonard, they they lost on this free agency. I'm sorry, but the New York Knicks lost on this free agency. I realize having those young players isn't a bad consolation prize, and I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying that those young guys can't play. I like a lot of them, right? But all the shuffling around that they did was for this free agency period. If you come away with nothing, that's a bad look. Uh, uh, listen, you don't got to tell me. You don't got to tell me. I know it'll be a bad look. But, but again, besides the... Porzingis trade, which at the time was very shocking and probably is for this purpose. They haven't really done anything impulsively either, though, where they've gotten rid of too many young players. They haven't had anything to do anything impulsive with. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, at least the Knicks didn't, again, try to purge other assets. So if the Knicks do strike out, yeah, it'll look bad because it's a New York team. They don't have assets other people want. No, I know, but I'm just saying that Regardless, like, if they strike out in free agency, it'll look bad because it's a New York team and the Knicks are the Knicks just, again, not, again, blurring the big free agent like they're supposed to. Of course it'll look bad, but again, they just, at that point, it's just rebuilt. I mean, you can only try to rebuild for so long, though, right? Uh, well, sure, but 100%. again, the, the Knicks have always been the, the other end where they're always just so, Jeff, like, Jeff, mediocre. I'm just happy the New York Knicks didn't, didn't mess up the number three pick in this year's NBA draft. Listen, they're the New York Knicks. They absolutely could have. They could have took Sadu Kambo, whatever his name is, from from that uh, from uh, wherever he's from, Ghana or France or whatever France. his name is, the, the French guy. Yeah, like they easily, 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 easily could have took him. And uh, I'm just happy they didn't. I'm just happy they didn't. I mean, Sekou Dumbia. Where they were was a no-brainer. Listen, I know this. I know this. It's like next year's number one pick. Anything is possible with the New York Knicks. Can, can, can we be real here? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that. I wouldn't say that at all. Not anything is possible with them. They can't win a championship, right? So, I mean, not anything is possible. Yeah, <laughs> they can't win a championship. You really had to go there. Well, you know what? Now we're not going to talk about them anymore yeah. or the New York Knicks. Let's talk. I mean, what was the last time they were good? 1994? 1999 when they got swept in the NBA Finals. Don't worry. 
Jeff, this will be the best chance to win a championship when Vinny becomes a full Zion fan and switches to New Orleans. Oh, God. Then, then there's a chance. It's just funny because this, since Dolan has, like, taken over, right, since, like, you know, I mean, the, the Knicks are the Buffalo Bills of basketball. <laughs> well, yeah, well, 100%. It's sad to see the Knicks be reduced to this. All right, it's well, sad. I'm not talking about the New York Knicks anymore because now I'm just getting frustrated. My last two free agents before we go to we before we go to break and we talk about baseball after our break. Let's. I, I want. I want your opinion, Jeff, on Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Both will end up in New York. <laughs> what? Interesting. No, I just wanted to throw a pitch out there at you. Neither one of them is going to the Knicks. I don't want any of them on the New York Knicks. I mean, I would take Tobias you want Harris. Jimmy Butler or dude. Tobias Harris is a very good player. He's a very, very good right. dancer. He's a borderline. Uh, he should have made the All-Star game this year. He's a borderline All-Star. Um, but again, it, it is what it is. I, I, Tobias Harris, I would take. Jimmy Jimmy Butler is kind of like Kyrie Irving and Rajon Wando. He's not a good locker room guy. He's He tries to be a leader, but he doesn't. He's not like that leader type. He comes, He rubs people the wrong way. Right, and it's a young team he's going to. And with. you can't do that yeah, with, with, with young, young guys. Players, yeah. You can't do I that mean, with you young really guys. 100%, the, teammate, the team in Philly liked him. But that team in Philly has also been together, and they're not as young right. as what people think. And yeah, also, Joel L. Embiid and Ben Simmons are under 25, I think, or they're at 25, 26, or whatever they are. They're still young, but Jimmy Butler's only 30. Right, and they also, just because it worked in one place doesn't mean it's going to work in the other. It worked in Philly and didn't work in Minnesota or Chicago. So you're, you're dealing with one out of three. Right, but, Does but, that automatically mean it'll work with the Knicks young players? Denominator there. There's another common denominator to the Minnesota-Chicago story that you're conveniently ignoring because you want to pin that whole thing on Jimmy Butler. But wasn't Tom Thibodeau at both of those stops as well? Yeah, I also I'm not saying I'm blaming it all on Butler. I think Butler's message to them was true, but I, again, at the same time, again, that could hurt a team like the Knicks that are a young team that says, "All right, you sent this competitively and hard, and if guys are lazy, that's a good message to send to the those young players." And I wouldn't want the Knicks young players being lazy either. But again, at the same time, if it's negatively going to derail them and make them annoyed and hard to play with, then it's going to be difficult for that. And again, that's why I think Butler's going to end up teaming up with somebody else and probably going to a veteran team or a team that doesn't have as many like higher end young players that are going to be what i think that both harris and butler should do is re-sign in philly and tell the organization to trade ben simmons really i mean ben, listen ben simmons is as good as they are they come as far as driving to the basket but he's not a basketball player basketball players can shoot well, again, here's the other problem with that, though, too. You have guys then that, again, they're f- filling a shooting void with Harris for sure, but at the same time, you don't have a facilitator at that point because Butler's more of the shooting guard wing type who's more of a defensive style. Then you got Embiid, who's well, a good shooter for a big man. But it, there, though, There's plenty of point guards Well, again, if they do lure to. something else in, fine. If they, if they lure back Butler and Harris and maybe also – somehow get like Kemba Walker or something like that, fine. That's different. But at the same time, there's not many Ben Simmons like players out there. There's aren't I know there's more of them in the league than there's been before, but again, they're still hard to find those bigger guys that can run the point like shoot. And how many three pointers did Ben Simmons attempt last season? One. 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 
So with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid already in the paint, do you want your point guard in the paint as well? Well, again, it depends on the system they run and the other players around them. But I'd be more concerned of that right now because the Sixers traded a lot of their depth in order to get Jimmy Butler. And I think that's where they were lacking when it came to playoff times, where, where their stars were so streaky and they had no depth in the playoffs. I think that's what hurt them a little more. Now, again, if they do get more free agents and maybe, again, they could be a sleeper destination for people, then they can consider something like that. But with their current roster structured the way it is, I can't see that working for anything better. I don't even care what they get. They could get a used bag of basketballs, right? Like, I don't care. Like, it's a shooter's league, and you have a dude on your team that literally can't shoot. Right, but it's also a ball movement league. This is is something I fight with all ignorant people about Zion Williamson. Keep this in mind. (laughs) Keep that in mind. That's all I got to say about that. But that's, but that's, listen, Ben Simmons is as good as they come driving to the basket. There's no doubt. I'm not saying, like, he's, he can't shoot. The reason why he'll never take that next step is because he doesn't have a jump shot. That's the only reason why. He's going to be where he is until he fixes his jump shot. Right. So if I'm Philly, I'd rather have Tobias Harris who can shoot for a big man. He's a good shooter for a big man. Sure. Right? And Jimmy Butler. Come on, let's face it. Jimmy Butler proves he can really play basketball. Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you heard this, but a few weeks back, Speedy called me crazy. I said they should trade Ben Simmons and get stuff for him. Remember when I said that, though, Speedy? Yeah, I just think the NBA now. But you do remember when I said that, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, just, um, just I, mean, I just sure. think it's hard to find those kinds of players. And again, you're really going to bank on a guy that can't shoot. We can just throw. No, you it's up. hard to find six, a guy sure. that's six Thanks, foot, ten, someone that is six foot ten that can handle the ball and pass, and like, pass him. like that. And yeah, like there's not many of them. There's I, obviously I, Giannis. I, there's LeBron. I give, there's I give Nikola the Jokic. I give there's guys like the that, benefit but, of the doubt there. Right, that. But, right, and that, those guys are really hard to find. And again, if they drafted one or if they sign one in free agency, okay, that's different. Or if they even get a point guard, but I, again, if you're if you don't do if that, they get a true then it's hard guard, to do. But here's the thing: you could get so much for Ben Simmons right now, and you could go get your point guard, okay? And you could team him up with Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, and you could build around those three guys. And and let's be real here: the Philadelphia 76ers as a team uh, constructed now, they should have beaten the Toronto Raptors in seven games. They should have won that seventh game in Toronto. Right. They had them. Three guys that could add depth to the team. Right, but what makes you think that any other win-now team is going to want Simmons for the same reasons that you guys are mocking for where he can't shoot? We know he can't shoot, but what makes you think another win-now team is going to sacrifice depth like that too for the same reasons? I mean, but there's always someone out there that would trade for him, right? And you'd really just be trading him to clear up the cap space to re-sign Tobias Harris and... But they don't have to pay Simmons this year anyway, though. I think it's two years from now because he was a first-round pick. So they're not going to have to pay him right now. Now, if it's still a problem two years down the road, but he still can grow in other areas and maybe it's just not working for the system, then you could consider it. I just think you're dealing with a lot of unknowns right now where I don't think the money is the issue with the Sixers. I think it's more the depth. They can sign some of those ancillary players, re-sign a J.J. Redick. You know, uh, they can right. go and maybe get a Terry Rozier to play their point guard. There's going to be point guards available out there. D'Angelo Russell is going to be available. Like they, they, All of those guys are better shooters than Ben Simmons. Sure. And if they do do that, okay, then maybe you can consider it. But as of right now, I wouldn't do it until you know what's happening. 
but you've got to make moves to make space so they can go get other things. Nothing's guaranteed. You don't run around the, you know, the room in free agency and go and try to line everything up perfectly. That's not how things happen. Right, but if you get out with a Kardashian the whole time, <laughs> dude, that's a bad look. <laughs> that is fair. Oh man, Jeff, we're gonna go to a quick break. You want to stay on and talk baseball, or are you getting out of here? about the Yankees. They're so good. No, they stink. They need starting pitching. I'm actually going to talk about the trade deadline coming soon. Looming. Uh, What am I doing? I'm just floating around the pool anyway. Go ahead. All right. Hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back from break, Major League Baseball trade deadline looms here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Jeff, are you still there? Yes, Pumpkin. You are still there. Excellent. Um, before we get into some free agency talk with, the, I mean, uh, the trade deadline within Major League Baseball and all that good stuff. I want to talk about the garbage from Queens and the and the episodes that are taking place with Jason Vargas and Mickey Calloway. Jeff, would you like to start this off, or you want me to go uh, go first with them? It doesn't matter. They're a trash organization with trash people that are doing trash things. This doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Speedy, do do you want to take this as as being the only garbage from Queens fan here? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, defend your team, Speedy. I love to hear this. No, it's it's hard for me to defend a team like this. Whatever they just did, it's a whole players, their own media guys. And again, one of the things in New York that you're judged on is how you approach the media because the media is tough. Now, again, the media being tough is is a common thing, and it's not necessarily the greatest thing all the time because again some personalities definitely can't handle it but to do it like that and then to double up on it makes it a lot worse i think what callaway did is inexcusable and what vargas did i think was even worse because again are you really going to defend somebody for for doing that after again i don't know what the exact question was but no 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 what fired up mickey callaway is that the beat writer said i'll see you tomorrow mickey I'll see you tomorrow. Sure, that's fine. I'm just, again, I don't think it came out that way. I don't think it was meant to take a shot at him. Because, again, the media, yeah, they can have their own way of views on certain things. But you don't usually say it directly to the people. And if you do, that's going to be a bad look, too. And if that's the case, and he literally was trying to take a shot at Callaway, then he'll deserve some blame, too. But at the same time, again, the expletives involved in that look really bad on Callaway and look again look even worse on Vargas trying to attack him or want to attack him whatever that looks even worse on a player that again he doesn't have much time left in the major leagues obviously he's getting a little better now as a player but he's not a permanent guy on the team and now a team that maybe would have wanted to trade for him you're not getting anything anymore <laughs> it's a bad but look even if that everywhere to take a shot at Mickey Calloway, like even if it was, how soft are you that that's your reaction to it? Yeah. Yeah. I I could not agree more. They should be embarrassed. The Mets are fining uh Mickey Calloway and Jason Vargas, but they're not uh, but both of them will not be suspended. So, Again, that's just par for the 
force in New York, right? Just a bunch of thin-skinned people running all those organizations. The Knicks got fined 50 grand today, too, for banning the Daily News. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. just a bunch of... That's what it has to do with. The Daily News is all... But it, doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It's oh, just, I know. The, I know. It, right. It's just, you know, I mean, it's just a bunch of soft people doing this sort of stuff. Right. You soft. have to know how to handle criticism here, and they clearly don't. Agreed. They, they don't know anything, really, to... <laughs> what to do or where to go. But again, it, it is what it is. That That's the garbage from Queens in a nutshell. They're, they're folding as quicker than anybody I've seen. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the garbage from Queens now, and the only bright spot they have is Pete Alonzo. But again, Speedy, they're only six games up on my, my Miami Marlins for last place. Just keep that in mind. And they're also closer to the Phillies than they are to the Marlins. This is the other thing that gets me, and Speedy's a Mets fan or, you know, or whatever. So uh, maybe you can answer this, right? But what is BBW waiting for? Like, if you were to fire Callaway now, maybe a new manager can come in and, and, and you know, inspire some good play going forward and they can build on it. What's the, what, what is he waiting for to fire Mickey Callaway? Because regardless, at the end of the year, he's going to be fired anyways. So I believe why not it. Give someone a test run. Yeah, I believe he probably will be fired at the end of the year. I think maybe they don't want to switch it right now in the middle of the season because maybe there's nothing there. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think they're just not looking for an interim guy right now. If the team was, again, completely out of it, again, I don't think they're a playoff team, but, again, they're not awful where they're going to be completely out of it, then I think they'd be thinking differently. But again, I think maybe they don't want to take a chance with the interim manager label and have it work because a lot of times the great manager by any stretch, he's not good. I know that. But 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 I'm just saying like, dude, your team stinks. Your manager is pretty garbage. Right? Like, listen, everyone was speculating that he was going to get fired after the Marlins swept the Mets earlier this year. Remember that? Everyone was like, oh, that's it. That's the end of him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So now coming off of the back of this where someone's like, oh, I mean, what did Mickey Calloway get mad at? No, I'm trying to get fired. You won't see me tomorrow. No, I, I, again, I think that it's absolutely a fireable offense. Again, Brody has his own way of doing things that some of it seems impulsive, like what he did in the, in the offseason. Some of it seems patient, and he's going to work with certain guys in order to, to make it happen. Now, again, I, maybe he doesn't see any reasonable fits to help uh, to replace him right now. Because, again, I don't see any notable managers that got fired. And, again, I don't see an organization right or a, uh, an or, another manager right now looking at the Mets and saying, oh, this is an organization I want to go to based on everything that's happened here. Because, again, it, now it looks, it'll look bad on everyone else, too. It's not just Callaway that's, that's to blame here. Now we have a player that is saying all these expletives. Obviously, Fred Wilpon and Jeff Wilpon, their stupidity. I who's don't a, know them. Who's, are you talking about the coupons? Yes, them. Okay. Their, stupi- them. their stupidity. Right. So regardless, is that going to be an appeal to another person is another question. So they might, again, just be stuck with it the way it is right now. And it's going to look bad for the whole season. I, and again, I agree they should probably fire him at this point. It's going to look bad the whole season. But again, do you, what is your other plan is another question. Yo, here's just the one thing I want to take issue with, right, is what Matty Caps just said, calling them the coupons, right? Sure. Dude, I had talked about this before. Do you do you know where the Mets rank as far as payroll is concerned? Eighth or something like that. But again, it's They're, a lot of yeah, eighth or it's, ninth it's, or it's a lot of like older that. players that are at this point second or third tier free agents. Right, but this is the this is the problem that I have with the whole thing. How how do you call a team that's in the top third of the league the coupons? Or is that just because like 
other New Yorkers are comparing them to what the, the Yankees spend. Because that's never part of that is that, but also part of it is the fact that they seem to settle for free agents a lot rather than, again, either just going the full rebuild route or, again, trying to actually spend for the big dogs. They don't do that. They're they always settle for these older guys all the time. And most of them are hitters because they the Mets have a bad problem in terms of developing their own hitters. Besides Alonzo, we haven't seen anyone succeed in that system in a long time. So that's part of it, but at the same time, though, we've seen the teams also go from complete bottom to complete top in a matter of three or four years with just developing prospects, too. So the Mets are kind of in that middle ground where because they can't do either of those, they always settle, and that's why they look cheap. You're right, Jeff, it's above-average payroll, but the players, they're getting with it. But they're not cheap. They're spending money. Right, but they will never. They nev- just do it the wrong way. They will way. never spend money on the guys they're supposed to spend money for. Right, that's but the that difference. has nothing to do with calling them the coupons. You can't be, be spending the money that they spend and and be you know trying trying to insinuate that they're like bargain basement shoppers. They're yeah, not- but they are. They 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 try to find these values that they think will work just because maybe they had one breakout season and then. Again, they're going to give him that money and hope it works for that kind of value. They did a, they did that already with Jed Lowry this year, who hasn't played a game yet. He, they're bank on right, a, a season where he had 25 home they, runs. Right, but it, oh, are we also like going to sit here and ignore? Listen, say what you want because it has, it has not worked out. I agree that it has not worked out. But you can't sit there and say that they're cheap. They, they signed you in a Cespedes. You know, to right, but that's deal. really the Cespedes only one. Was, Right, but Cespedes was going to get that kind of contract somewhere else, too. Right, right. So he, he was going to go to Washington, most likely, if the Mets didn't sign him, and the well, Mets offered listen, him the same package. Now, now, listen, it didn't work out, and that's a whole other argument, but they spent money on a premium player. Right, I'm not faulting them for Cespedes. I, at the time, again, I liked it. I, again, he was never this injury-prone before that. He never was hurt with Oakland. He was rarely hurt with the D- Detroit when he was there. So, at the time, again, it made sense. Unfortunately, now he's he can't even stay on the field, but... I'm more talking about the settling for all these other infielders they have over the years. Again, this year, guys like Jed Lowry, Todd Frazier last year, where they could have gotten Mike Moustakas, who was a much better player. Like I they look got at Moustakas this year too. Right, I look at it like that more than anything else, where they're trying to aim for like certain average players and making it work, rather than like I said, just trying to get one full rebuild and work on your homegrown players or try to get the big free agent. The reason why the Mets also have that higher payroll is because, again, there's a lot of other teams just not even doing free agency. We're seeing guys or teams be a lot stingier with veteran players, and then they just don't go after them at all. But they're still going after veteran players. And again, I mean, the, fine, the values are very cheap, though. In the league, you can't be called the coupon. Well, again, I think... The yes, you can, because when you spend money the wrong way and you don't want to spend right. money the right Trying to try to find gems that just maybe work one season or maybe they were banking on based on one season. And that's where they are taking a lot of crap. Where they were, they were when they were spending in the 2000s and even 2005 when they got Beltron, they got Delgado and built that team with free agency. They're not doing that anymore. Besides Cespedes, which again, I get, they spent on that and it just hasn't worked out because of the injury. That's fine. But th- that's the only thing they've really done in order to do that where he was a primary free agent of that year. Listen, I mean, I get it, but I feel like part of the coupon thing is because 
New Yorkers are expecting the Mets to spend like the Yankees. And let's face it, man, the Yankees are their own financial juggernaut that have like endless money. That's not the case with the Mets. Right, and I think most people think that, but again, I think that's also a lazy argument because I think that's always going to be that way. The Yankees, not, yeah, it is always going to be that way, right. and it isn't a lazy no, argument. No, we agree on that. I'm just argument. No, I, no, we agree on that. I'm just saying a, a lot of people who think that way are, are thinking it because they just want to compete with the Yankees, and that's their only look at it, just to compete with the city. When in reality, they're in two different leagues, and yes, they play every year, but usually their games are not going to have a direct correlation with each other, be, just because they only play three. The and well, sure. Versa. Right. And, right. And that's, but like, you can't be in the top eight in payroll and not say that they're spending money. Right. And again, I think, I think it's the wrong argument to compare it to the Yankees because the Yankees are always going to spend. But at the same time, it's also a team that is a big market and you're still going to expect them to get bigger name guys than they have been. And again, with the exception of Cespedes, who has that really been but in this decade? They seem to settle. Let's be honest. That's another argument we can have. Is it a big market? Yes. New York is a big market for everything. No. Yes. False. Again, false. The big market is the Yankees. That's the big market. No, they're the right? they're the you biggest guys, market of anything, yes. But the right. the Mets are still a big baseball market though. I mean but, They should attract more than they do, but the Met, they, they don't spend. But that's again that has this is like James Dolan of the Knicks when you have the coupons as the ownership there. Nobody wants to play for them, just like nobody wants to play for the Knicks and James Dolan. See, I actually think it's there are players that want to play for them. It's just a matter of they don't want to spend them the money. They're never going to give a guy more than a five-year contract. They, they've said that many times. That's not even the only argument that I can make. I can make the exact comparison in the exact league, right? If you go to Chicago, you do you want to play for the Cubs or do you want to play for the White Sox? Sure, but I think – I. I understand talk, that. Talk to me in the like Cubs, two or three years right, and I'll the Cubs give you an also have, Yeah, the Cubs are going to gain that kind of leverage, of course. But again, the White Sox, I, I, I think, are the other extreme where they've done the rebuild. They've traded for prospects. They're going in that direction now. They, right, the Mets are right, kind right, of in that in-between where it seems like they've messed up. But, Speedy, if you can acknowledge that the Cubs have a clear advantage in the market they have over the White Sox, how can you not acknowledge the clear disadvantage the Mets have in their market. Of course, I'm not saying they don't have a disadvantage. I'm just saying that it's still New York, so they so it's should not a be big able. Market for them. So, they, they, they but might it's as well be in Pittsburgh. Right. Fine, but they should lure something. Is what, I'm, what we're saying more than anything else, and that's why, as a result of them not being able to get anything because of quote unquote yeah. other big markets or bigger contracts, they've had to settle a lot, and as a result, they've been such a mediocre team, with the exception of the one World Series year, for a long time. And that comes as a result of settling for players and trying to find these gems because, again, they don't want to give the the eight-year deal. They don't want to give the seven-year deal to somebody. They keep giving them these four-year deals to a lot of these older position players most of the time or older relief pitchers that were good on other teams, and they just don't work here. With the exception of Cespedes, there's really been no splash. Right, but a lot of these things, though, Speedy, are are just that. Players want to go and be in the newspaper, right? But you're never going to go and play for the Mets and be in the newspaper. Why? Because the Yankees exist. Okay, but I think there's also players that wouldn't care about that as much, and they're just going to care about the money. And again, if you're not getting the money, you're not going to go there. And because they don't give the money, of course you're not going to want to go there. I think right, the players wanting... places where you can go and get the money... And yeah, sure. No, I'm not saying there aren't. And I, there's definitely markets that sh- that are 
obviously not as big as the New York market that have been spending money. There are teams that are usually in the top 10 in payrolls that, again, you wouldn't expect them to have that kind of market. But again, I still think it's more of them being cheap and not wanting to give out the money at all than them making an attempt and nobody wants to go there. I think it's not being cheap. They're eighth in payroll. They're not being cheap. Because of the quantity of the players they've gone after rather than the quality. Really? So re-signing DeGrom, that's not quality whatsoever. I agree, Speedy. You're right. Good point. No, I mean, not, that's, that's just, not a free agent, though. That was a, a, their own guy I'm talking about. It still counts I, on your payroll. Yeah, okay, but that's keeping your own guy. That's not adding anything new to your roster. Right, but half of being a good team, just like what, what the Yankees did, right? They had Derek Jeter, and they paid their own guy. Does that not count? Yes, but you're also dealing with a case where... You have to pay your own guys and also fill in the other spots on the team. And they've done that. They're trying to do that in quantity because they think they're further up than they are. Now, obviously, when they were in the World Series and then they were, again, they were a playoff team the next year, they did that with Cespedes. Fine. But again, you're dealing with a case where since then they've gone after who? As Drupal Cabrera, Neil Walker, all these guys that are older and haven't been really that good in a while. And now, again, you're doing. A lot of baseball teams have to rely on is. You know, like, listen, you can't have an all-star at every position on the baseball field. Unless you're the New York Yankees. Right, but again, I don't think they've even tried that. I didn't want to say that because you would have taken it as me me throwing a shot out there, right? Like, like, clearly there are teams that can, right? The Dodgers can. Uh, The Red Sox, when they put a decent roster together, can. The the Yankees certainly can. Like, there's teams that seem to perennially do that. Mm -hmm. The Mets are splitting their market. You might as well look at the Mets like the White Sox. You are the little brother in the market. You're the little brother. That's a fair argument. I'm not saying that. The little brother can't have Derek Jeter in every position. Right, but there's a difference between the approach to those little markets, too. You want to know another little market that spends money is the Angels. Now, they do it stupidly. I'm not saying they do it right, either, but they spend money. They've had years where they were the, in the top five in payroll. They went right, after right. They, they went after money, Pujols. They went after Josh Hamilton. They, now they did it wrong. Granted, I think their front office now, is horrible. But, but, but hold on. Look at what you're saying. They spent money, but they only spent money on like four guys, and then they were patching together the rest of their roster just right. like the Mets are. Right, but the difference is they went for them at their peak. When they signed Josh Hamilton, Josh Hamilton was one of the best outfielders in baseball. He was just coming off one of the best uh, years that he's had as a Texas Ranger. my roommate. Really? What? Yeah, we lived together in Sarasota. Oh, nice. But still, like, Josh Hamilton was a top five, top ten outfielder at that time. Albert Pujols was the best first baseman in baseball when they went after him, and obviously right, the injuries have caught up to him. The Mets have never contracts. done that. Right, but this is what happens when you hand out those contracts, is you get a Josh Hamilton and a Pujols, and you get two or three guys at the, that are the best at their position or are supposed to be with the best at their position. And then look at the rest of the, the guys that they filled out that roster with. They were Burger King employees. Sure. I'm not saying they didn't do it. I'm, I'm not saying they did it wrong, right or wrong by any stretch. I think that what they did ended up not looking good, but... I, I'm just saying there is still a second-tier market and always will be to the Dodgers, yet they still try to do it, though. All right, gentlemen, I hate to cut this short, but our show is over. Jeff, thanks for calling. I'm sure I'll hear from you tomorrow or Wednesday, I am sure. Nah, I'll be still floating in the pool. <laughs> I hate you. I'll talk to you later, Jeff. All right, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, Speedy went off on a tangent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed hearing from Jeff. 
We got into some things. We're going to get into some more things tomorrow as well. We will be back tomorrow on Wednesday, so there will ah, be no golfing. show on Wednesday. So, ladies and gentlemen, tune in tomorrow. We'll be back here at 4 p.m. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.